Kyle Charters here sitting in for Jared. He will be back on Monday. Let's go straight to the Hammerhead hotline and bring in goldandblack.com's Tom Deanhart on this busy Friday afternoon. He was out at football practice this morning. Got a chance to catch up with him a little bit uh, there. And we'll talk a little bit of Boilermaker football here in just a moment. But, Tom, let's talk about sort of the news of the day, at least in, in college football, and that is the likely, if not impending, uh, marriage of the Big Ten with a couple of more members of the Pac-12, those being uh, Oregon and Washington. And it seems like uh, this is an inevitability at this point that those two Pacific Northwest programs will join the Big Ten. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's kind of sad in, in, one, in one sense, Kyle, to see the Pac-12 fall apart before our very eyes. Of course, Colorado jumped ship first about a week ago going back to the Big 12. Sounds like Arizona's headed that way, too. Maybe Arizona State. Who knows? Um, possibly uh, possibly Utah, too. But, again, for the, from a Big Ten perspective, you know, now Oregon and Washington, of course, we saw USC and UCLA uh, make that move about a year ago. So, yeah, sad to see the Pac-12 fall apart. But, man, if you're a Big Ten fan, it's kind of intriguing and exciting. I know um, we have to think outside the box. These conferences get bigger and bigger. But, my gosh, Kyle. You have a western flank with four nice schools and the LA schools, the Pacific Northwest, coupled with uh, all the other the, uh, all the other quality schools, and you, you, you got a powerhouse conference that stretches from coast to coast now. Yeah, you do. I mean, it uh, it literally is coast to coast. Uh, maybe the the one area that is missing is the the southeast. Do you think there's any possibility that the Big Ten goes that direction? At least maybe down to Virginia, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Clemson, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it can get into Florida. I'm not sure what the option would be there, but it seems like if the Big Ten was going to go to 18, that that is certainly a direction that it would look. Yeah, there's, there's, there always was talk and speculation about maybe the Big Ten having a lot of interest in North Carolina and Virginia. Nice academic fits for the Big Ten and pretty quality athletic programs as well. And would take your conference in a new area of the country. So uh, I think that's always kind of been the speculation. Maybe the Big Ten would, would make a move there instead of maybe taking Stanford and Cal. Of course, those are two schools that have been speculated as well. Maybe there still is a play with Stanford and Cal for the Big Ten. And then Kyle, we can agree, neither of those schools brings a lot from a, from a big-time sports perspective, but they bring a lot of academic heft, and that means a lot to the guys who sit in the ivory towers and the mortar boards in the Big Ten to be able to add schools like <laughs> Cal and Stanford to your to your academic resume. Would have to excite the people in Michigan, Ohio State, Purdue, Illinois, and all those other quality Big Ten schools. You know, yeah, and of course, there's still Notre Dame sitting out there. And and what, if anything, will the Fighting Irish ever do to fully join a conference? We will see if if all of this shuffling uh, affects uh, Notre Dame standing at all. Does this leave you sort of nostalgic for uh, the good old days a little bit and, and regional conferences and the, the 10 team, maybe 11 if you include uh, Penn State, uh, Big Ten, you know, and the, the, the SEC and the, the Big 12 and, and everything sort of being <laughs> the, the Big East basketball. I mean, the, the, the great uh, yeah. basketball Big East conference uh, and, and Madison Square Garden and, and all of those showdowns. It does leave you a little bit nostalgic probably for that, but the, look, there's, it's just not the way it's, it's going to go. TV rules, the money mm-hmm. rules, 
uh, and and change was coming, and it appears that mega conferences might be just on the horizon. Yeah, time marches on. We all know um, change is a constant. They always say change or perish, right? And real quick, as far as Notre Dame goes, one of the national guys tweeted a day or two ago that Notre Dame wasn't, wasn't going to be impacted by any of this. They had no plan to, to, to join any conference. And for Notre Dame, there's, there's two things that if they can check the box to, they're happy with. They're not going to join a league. Number one is, is TV money that's close to being on par with the other conferences, and they can get that from NBC. And the other thing for Notre Dame they want is access to the playoff, Kyle. They still have access to the playoff. They don't need to join a conference yeah. to get access to the playoff. So as long as they have those two things, they aren't joining the league. So they're going to be, it sounds like, sitting on the sideline here. They're not going anywhere. They're going to remain independent. But, yeah, you know me. I'm, I'm a guy that maybe spends too much time looking over my shoulder yesterday. But, yeah, the Big 8, the, the old Big 10, uh, <clears throat> um, the old Pac-10, for, 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 for goodness sake. The Southwest Conference was a lot of fun. And uh, those were those were long and day long ago days, and like you said, now we're going to super conferences. And Kyle, Kyle, wouldn't it be a lot simpler if the SEC and the Big Ten would just sit down in a room and hash this out? Yeah. And, uh, and instead of this going on at a snail's pace in fits and starts, you sit down, hammer this thing out, come up with two mega conferences, set up your scheduling together, set up a playoff system, AFC, NFC, just like the NFL, be a lot simpler, wouldn't it? Yeah, certainly so. That's the comparison I was going to make. Uh, you know, AFC, NFC, and Notre Dame, uh, and and just one big, one big uh, tournament, so to speak. Uh, you know, a championship game between those those two leagues. I don't know about imagine, you. And, 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 imagine the TV contract if all yeah. those all those together, just like the NFL TV contract, right? It, 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 it wouldn't be maybe as big as that, but it it would be darn close. I bet. Yeah, it probably would be. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've already uh, secured my. 2030 Rose Bowl featuring the Big Ten's Oregon Ducks versus uh, Boise State out of the the Pac-8. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day, laying in bed. I was thinking, you know, I, go, I was going to my head. The Pac-10's got the Pac-12's got four schools left: Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford. I'm assuming Arizona State and Utah are going to go with Arizona. They could be down to four schools. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, I figured they could get to 10. I was thinking SMU was a school they always talked about. Oh, boy. Fresno, Fresno State, UNLV, Boise State, and Colorado State would kind of be your – and San Diego State, those would yeah. be the, the schools you could add to get to 10. It would be, it'd be kind of like the, a, a Mountain West on steroids, if you will. <laughs> but uh, certainly not like an old Pac-12, but uh, at least a pretty solid-looking conference uh, – if something like that doesn't have happened to that to that old uh, old proud Pac-12. Talking to Tom Deanhart of goldandblack.com on the Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, meanwhile, Purdue is is practicing uh, to play a little bit of football this year. It will do so in at least a, a somewhat more traditional Big Ten before the additions of all these Pac-12 schools, we anticipate, uh, next season. I guess, first of all, before we move on to that, where – because this is this 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 matters to us and a lot of people around here. Where's Purdue fit in a in a sixteen team mega Big Ten conference? Probably the lower third, Kyle. Let's be honest, right? Um, yeah, I mean you had schools like Oregon and Washington. Those are just two schools that Purdue would have to climb over, if you will. Um, and then right now, just with the sixteen team conference, it's even going to be just as tough. I think when you add USC. 
and UCLA. So, you know, Purdue's always going to be lumped in there with Northwestern, Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, Rutgers, and Maryland, sort of that, that collection of schools, the bottom third of the Big Ten, if you will, fighting for relevancy. You know, if you have that year, Kyle, you have that special quarterback, a schedule, maybe you can break through with an 8-9 or a 10-win season and maybe really make, make some noise. But it, it's going to be a challenge for, for schools like that to really stake a claim in these super conferences that keep adding, you know, elite blue blood programs. Yeah, I mean, even as we sit here, I cannot keep track of how many teams are currently, and then add the two, and then add two more. I keep, I keep saying sixteen. I mean, eighteen. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it is. It's, it's hard to keep track of, uh, of who's going where and what the total number is. I keep sitting here thinking, does twelve carry the one? What? A, uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk a little so bit big, of. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, the Big, the big Ten's got sixteen next yes. year. Then they're, they're going to get to eighteen. Right. I'm not sure. I haven't read all the stories yet. I'm not sure when Oregon and Washington are coming to board. Are, are they going to come next year with USC and UCLA? That's the story I read via ESPN that it would be next year, which would be yeah. just a, a quick turnaround to to and yeah. uh, and I guess boy, not that it matters, but you'd have to redo all these schedules again, right? Um, that we yeah. that we just boy. did. Uh, My goodness, yeah, that's it'd have to be next year. You're right because the Pac-12 TV contract kicks in next year, so. Yeah, boy, the schedule makers, the administrators, these schools, the travel—they got—they got a lot on their plate here to, to, to get organized in the next, you know, what less than what twelve months. So, what's been your impression of Purdue through three days and its training camp? It, it, it's kind of hard to tell, and it sounds funny to say that, but you—you you were out there today, Kyle. We really can't watch much, right? We watched the first seven periods, the first two practices today. We watched the first five, and. All they're doing is stretching. They're going through individual drills. We're not watching any 11-on-11 work, really. So, um, so again, um, a lot of guys passed the eyeball test. I think the team's gotten bigger through the portal, especially on the defensive line. The three guys he added from the SEC, uh, you know, Isaiah Nichols from Arkansas, Jeffrey Emba from, from Auburn, and Malik Langham from Vanderbilt, those are full-grown men. So uh, they've gotten bigger on the D-line. I asked Kevin Kane, the, the D.C. today, if he thought the outside linebacker position was maybe the best on his defense. He, uh, he wasn't going to argue against that, so they got some good-looking OLBs with Caraway and, and Jenkins. Uh, and, you know, I, I think overall there, there, there's some potential there, but I can't tell you exactly how, how they look because, you know, they, they don't even have full pads on yet either. So um, we're, we're never going to get a real good look at them in camp at all, Kyle. There's not going to be much, much of practice open at all, so – we're going to be a lot like the public and really have to wait for September 2nd to get a really good look at this team when they run out on the field against Fresno State. Yeah, I made the same observation when I was out there with you, though, this morning. Those outside linebackers, which seem, along with you know the cornerbacks, to be really two premier spots in this defense for Ryan Walters and Kevin Kane, those guys look like real players. Uh, I mean, Caraway, yeah. Scourton, Jenkins, and Sidnor – uh, between the three of them, it looks like you have like actual, uh, you know, big time, big ten yeah. size at outside linebacker in sort of that hybrid uh, down lineman linebacker that I think will be featured pretty heavily in, and what is a variable front, you know, three five man, whatever you want to qualify it as uh, defense for Walters. Yeah, some good looking guys on the interior too. Cole Brevard is a full grown man. Demarge Lewis, Noah Monade. Um, they've got some big guys on the interior too, and yeah, Kevin Kane, you were there at the post practice scrum. Um, 
he talked a little bit more about the uniqueness of this defense. He sort of equated their defense to like playing Navy's triple option offense. It's a very unique defensive scheme that nobody else plays. So, again, when, when Purdue comes up on your schedule, this defense it's going to be a, like a, a different prep than, than most schools are used to doing. So you're, you're only going to have seven days to prepare for it. So it's going to be fun to watch this, this, this unit in action. Kevin's going to call the defense, he said, from the sideline, um, I asked him who would be his eyes in the sky. Sounds like it's going to be Grant O'Brien, their safeties coach. I know he's a bright young coach with a, with a seemingly bright future. So he may be the eyes in the sky. Last year, Kevin, Kevin Kane was the eyes in the sky at Illinois for Ryan Walters. So, um, yeah, this defense is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Not that a lot will change from our observations point of view. Uh, because you can only watch some of those early individual periods. But what's the schedule in terms of getting out there in full pads and when they really start to get things uh, rolling a little bit? Yeah, I believe there's one more sort of shells. And then I think this num- practice number five I was told the other day is supposed to be full pads. So that's when you really start playing football, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's when you really find out who can do what. And you really buckle that chin strap and you start you – start hitting people, and um, coaches all know it, players all know it. So, yeah, practice number five. Now, they're going to go tomorrow, Kyle, at 10.30 again. <clears throat> we can watch a few periods, uh, but there's not going to be any post-practice availability. Then they're off on Sunday and pick it back up next week. So, yeah, next week they'll should be in full pads and start playing real football. There you go. Hey, Tom, thank you as always. I know you're busy, especially this time of year, but appreciate uh, your time coming on the show. Good to see you, Kyle. Thanks for having me, buddy. That's uh, Tom Deanhart, goldandblack.com. Covers the Boilermakers, does a really good job talking to us on the Hammerhead Hotline. Let's take a break. We'll come back. My observations from practice today and more. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer.